Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. RDTN is a show with two longtime friends that talk about board games, card games, and anything else that grabs their attention. Squirrel! Here are your hosts, the Waldorf and Statler of board gaming podcasts, Marty and Tony. Hello and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 58, Start Me Up. Uh, We're a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and I'm Tony. And this is Marty. Well guys, we're coming to you here on a gorgeous evening and we're ready to we got people waiting on us don't we marty Uh, yeah this is incredible i mean we're just going to cut right to the chase right here we got the important folks from happy mitten games uh waiting in our green room for us they came down from grand rapids michigan uh to hang out with us tonight to talk about their company and their kickstarter that's getting ready to come out all right so i'll go get them so um we'll bring have them in the studio here in just a second Well, guys, welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. We're glad you found your way from the green room and all the moon pies we supplied you there while you were waiting on us and you were enjoying the weather down here in North Carolina. First off, Happy Mitten Games is on the show, Marty. Can you believe it? Well, number one, it's two guys and a gal, so it's not all guys. It's generic. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> I'm totally fine with the guys. I am not one of those. So uh, thanks for having us. This is so nice. Yeah, thank you. Oh, oh you okay? Better yet, Mario. Fine. Let's let's introduce them. Right. How y'all doing? Good, good. Thank doing, you so much for yeah, having well. us. Thank you. Terrific. Yeah, and so over there we have Kyle, Jeff, and Lee. And so we can kind of establish whose voice is who. Kyle, why don't you say hi? Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. That, that's a Kyle voice. What's a Jeff voice sound like? My voice sounds like this voice right here. <laughs> okay, so there's not a lot of difference between the two. I think we'll be able to tell who Lee is, though. Would you be able to tell who I am now? <laughs> okay, are you mocking us? <laughs> I will stop this podcast and get off right now. <laughs> now. Now, Lee was telling me that she does have someone local in the area, Marty, so she's used to uh, Now, has the accent gone over to the local person yet? I hear a little bit. Yeah, my sister's down right where you guys are, Charlotte, and uh, she does. There's like a couple of words. She, start, she says y'all now and... Um, I don't know what other words right now, but she, yeah, it's definitely transferred somewhat. Okay, then you should be used to that. Okay. And by, <laughs> yeah. the way, by the way, we we don't have that strong southern drawl that a lot of people do. So it's it's, it's but you, I know you can hear it in us. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh-huh. you've yeah, got the Chris Kirkman, I think. Oh, yeah. Kirkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tony and I don't have very thick accents compared to others around here, and I've actually been around other locals who think that I'm not from here. Because my accent is not as strong as theirs. So it, it's just really odd. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, you got to hang with Kirkman at Grand Con. So we understand your problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, all right. Kirkman's a good old boy now. 
So we appreciate you guys coming on. First off, for our listeners who may not be familiar with us, tell us a little bit about the Happy Mitten Games podcasting, the the company that you started, all that good stuff. Give us some background. I'll talk about um, podcasts, and I guess I'll introduce us. Uh, So again, this is Jeff talking. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone. We're Happy Mitten Games. Uh, We started about two years ago or so uh, with the hopes of publishing a board game. Uh, We had one of the ways that we wanted to touch base with everyone was basically to give back before we asked for anything. We knew from the beginning that we needed Kickstarter in order to make our first game happen just because we don't have uh, $25,000 laying around to publish games. And it's something that we really wanted to become a reality. So we pushed content first and we started off with uh, biweekly blogs and then on the opposite week, Uh, podcasts and so if you are a listener to the dice tower network um and that type of thing um we've got about we just hit episode 50 episode 51 will come out um this monday uh, which would be i think the ninth um at this point i'm not sure when this episode will air and we've really focused our podcast specifically on uh interviewing for the business side of board games and so we hunt down as many publishers designers artists distribution everything basically anything you could want from the business side of how this all works um and really pick their brains and get a lot of really excellent ideas and we've met some amazing people and are just definitely very grateful for the audience and the fans that we've developed through it and the knowledge that we've been able to gain in the process and one thing that um, if anybody does listen to their show i I think there's so much insight into the business aspect and i think that's one reason why your show is so popular because idiots like tony and i are just sitting there rambling about games and stuff and really can't add anything useful to the conversation but since you've started a business you you have a lot of designers come on and and different people that's in the industry that you can kind of pick their brain and talk about and we're kind of going through this experience with you from starting your company and from episode one we're kind of hearing how it works how did you find this game and just the whole business side to it which is uh really interesting i think to a lot of people yeah yeah you, you hope so it's weird because it's like we're in it and so we don't really i don't i don't think of it that way and it's it's just it's even sort of humbling and odd to hear you talk about that to like just put in perspective that we literally have people that have been with us through the entire journey and you don't really know because it's the three of us sitting here. We just and sit down here in our basement and <laughs> talk, talk to, to each other. <laughs> and, and you sort of just, after a while, especially when it becomes routine, you forget that you have people that really care. Like there's people out there that right. care and that listen. And and so just thanks. It's like it's it's fun to hear and it's yeah. always nice to get that affirmation um, of you're doing something and hopefully it's helpful. Hopefully it's helpful to everybody else. To be honest with you, if people were to listen, you know, through all your shows and everything some of the kickstarters we see that get like one uh, percent funding they should go back and listen to y'all okay because yeah. you, you provide such a great service to them that maybe they would not have done what they they did and, and been discouraged at the beginning so that you're absolutely right it's a great service to the community and also like marty says you've had some great designers on there that have given a lot of insight into the business actually uh your your show is only like we're only like several months older than what you are because we're on episode 58 and y'all came up right after we did well, i think we both joined the dice tower network about the same time yeah was it was, it was you guys year. and us and i think like the game pit or something while joined relatively at the same time oh, so we were all born together how cute yeah, i think <laughs> i remember announcing it on twitter and one of you 
kind, party. kind gentleman was like, oh, they're just letting anybody in now. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I remember this. that, that being you guys. Me. And I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all know who does the tweeting on our show. <laughs> yes, we know who that was. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Marty. My bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, all right. So that's that's your podcast. Now, let's hear a little bit about uh, the company. I mean, what what even made you say, uh, let's let's start a game publishing company? Yeah, what were you thinking? <laughs> There's two different sides to this story. Two different sides. So you well, want to yeah, give like your we were, take afterwards? Was or? it blue peg, pink peg? That I was like so confused where you guys were. Yeah, why don't, go ahead, go for it. You you tell the story, so, okay, Lee, and then my, Kyle will fill in the blanks. Okay, too. my <laughs> recollection of the story is that just like for months and months, well, Jeff and I to like to go back back, we started really getting into board games when we had our first son. Well, our only son, our first child. <laughs> um, he'll be ten in August, and so from then. Like we stopped going to the clubs like we were doing every single weekend. We were huge clubbers and ravers. Um, no. <laughs> we, Let's go kidding. to the rave. <laughs> what do you want to do tonight? Rave. <laughs> yep. um, we went to like every ACDC concert we could. And, oh, um, nice. <laughs> no, this is all a lie. Um, <laughs> except, <laughs> except for that we started gaming. That's the only truth I've said so far. Um, but please believe the rest of what I say. So we, we started gaming um, a lot each weekend because there was nothing else to do when you have a baby. So we started having friends over. And then shortly when Kyle was of age to drink, because that's when you can start hanging out with us, we allowed him. <laughs> Your story's insane. I know. Um, we're just going to go with it, though. Uh, okay. We allowed Kyle to come over when he could... Um, take shots with us through the night. <laughs> what are, you are, we having, are we having an intervention here? I'm kind of confused. Wait, now, oh you, you do know what network we're on, right? Oh yeah, I forgot. My bad. Um, no, we were. It was medicinal shots of shots of warm milk. Yes, of. <laughs> Penicillin, because we oh, so, had okay. So what disease. you're telling me is uh, a little dose of Benadryl for the baby and a couple of Ben shots for uh, for Mary, <laughs> Jeff, yes, and Kyle. Yes, yes. Can you get to I mean. the point of what um, we're sorry. supposed to talk so about? So Kyle started coming over and playing games with us, and then like after months of gaming with him all the time, we were just like, guys, we could do this. Like I think we could just make this. You know, we could make a game. Like look at this game. It was it's pretty easy to do, and so. We started like really throwing around the idea of starting a company and trying to design and quickly realized we sucked as designers, <laughs> um, except for me, who um, Isaac Vega stole the idea from my brain of Dead of Winter, and I will not recant that because I am the original designer of Dead of Winter. And John Gilmore. And John Gilmore. Wow. Sorry, I will give cre you know, credit where credit's due to John Gilmore as well. The most so, popular game of last year. Yes. I'll give him credit. I, I had it. I had it. In my, <laughs> it was there. And Jeff has some of it in his journal. But um, mm -hmm. so we just didn't bring that to production. But <laughs> um, okay. so anyways, and then Kyle, what actually happened? Yeah. Okay. So go from there. Well, we just had a really great dynamic with one another. Um, and we decided that we wanted to start a business um, together. 
um, just because we both had this attitude where a lot of people think about doing stuff, but there's kind of a difference between the people that just think about doing it and then the people that actually go forward and do it. Uh, and we always admired the people that did it, even though there's a lot of risk involved and a lot of uncertainty in how successful you're going to be. Um, so once we established that, we kind of brainstormed what we wanted to do specifically. And since we enjoyed board games so much uh, and we had that in common, uh, that became our first pick and the only thing we could think of after you know that originally came up. Um, and our initial intention was to design games. Well, um, our initial intention was design a game to sort of get us in there. Exactly. And then start taking on games. And however, like said, however, it became clear when we were trying to do that that we were taking on a little bit too much for ourselves. Um, so we decided to open our website up for game submissions um, and you know deal with some people that that's where their passion is and that's where they want to spend their time. No, I'm I'm still going back to the shots. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I can I can just see Kyle sitting on the edge. Can I play? No, you're not old enough. (laughs) You can play when you're older, Kyle. When you can take a straight shot of 151, you can play. You you can come on out there now. Um, But now that you've been doing it for two years, though, thinking back, are you still as psyched about being in this company, or are you even more psyched? It's a good question. When you guys, um, we have one per show. We have one good question one per good show. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's re- that is a really good question. I think it varies. It goes back and forth for me personally. This is just me speaking because we meet on it every once in a while here and there of like where we're at and you know how we're feeling about stuff. And um, it comes and goes just because I think personally what Jeff and I have going on in our lives like. Uh, we he left his teaching career and we you know we took the leap into like full-time entrepreneurship and so he, we have another company on the side of Happy Mitten and so that's also taken up a lot of time and now that this is starting to become way more time intensive right before the Kickstarter and we have two two children and we try to you know still have somewhat of a social life and family life and so I, I feel like for me, it's just it's become a lot. Um, I do love it. I you know I really do like podcasting. I think has been one of my favorite things, just to know that we have you know an audience and we are helping wh- wherever we can. Um, but I have gotten a little jaded on playing games every weekend like we used to, or you know wanting to play test our game for the eighteenth hundredth time or you know yeah. s- certain stuff like that has kind of gotten to me and jaded me a little bit but i do still love it and i i am really excited as well as nervous to see where the kickstarter goes cuz i think for me that'll be a huge sign you know kind of teller for me of like has it all been worth it or uh you know were we completely wrong in our kind of jumping the gate with this thing. So that's my take. Yeah. All right. So you, you mentioned Kickstarter. <clears throat> so you were getting ready to start a Kickstarter and you and the name of the game is Ether Magic. So let's go back a couple years and tell us how did you run across this game? So I'm at Gen Con. It's warm. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, Gen Con twenty thirteen. Uh we had out on the website at the time that we were accepting games. 
Uh, we'd get submissions. We'd run them through the process via email. We tried to filter as much as possible to make sure that we weren't wasting anybody's time um, and that we were getting things that would show up at our inbox or our post post box uh, that we that would actually be decent contenders. And Matt Warden, uh, one of the nicest guys in gaming, happened upon what we were doing, and he reached out to me via email of, hey, I'm going to be at Gen Con. If you want to meet, i got a couple games I'd like to show you. And I said, cool, that sounds good. And so I was there. We touched base. It was very brief. Um, I remember it was in a hallway, like one of the kind of the side corridor things that uh, had the little seats, and we sat down, and uh, we were just talking about life. And, and then the one that he picked was for goods and honor. And when he described it to me, I, I literally at the time I was like, there's no way we're going to do anything with this. But it was like, I appreciated him and I liked him as a person that I, we took it. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And if anybody knows um, from the backstory, the the original theme was just a, a kind of funny wonky um you had workers that were good Ferdians and they had really great lives and they worked hard and they did all this stuff. And then there was these Nastigans that came in and they lived lives of debauchery and uh, stole away your good workers. And there was this huge social dynamic. And, and so there was aspects of the game at the time. I'm like, okay, this sounds like a possibility. And then we took it back and probably within the month of receiving it, we played it. And honestly, after the first play, we're like, there's absolutely something here like it struck us and it hit a lot of the things that we appreciate personally as gamers and uh we just began conversation internally and then we began conversation with him and we ended up signing the game in uh november of 2013 i believe so when you said it just struck with you what what did it appeal to um there's a mechanic in the game an auction mechanic where you're uh, getting the resources from the bag, but then you're using them to produce other um, resources. Um, so there's an element where you're conversing with the other players and trying to take bids on what uh, they would offer you for what you drew um, from the bag or a portal, as we call it, um, in the, the thematic element of the game. Um and it creates an atmosphere where people are bartering with one another and they're being very social and communicating. Um, and we noticed that in the play tests and that really resonated with us because we were looking to create a game that would enhance the engagement between all the players. Yeah, specifically with the auction, a lot of people think of the auction as like the highest bid wins. And the unique thing that Matt came up with within this is the elements that Kyle's talking about without like getting super intensive of the game, different elements are worth different things at specific times. So there might be something that's worth a lot more to Leandra than it is to Kyle. And so when it's Lee's turn to take a bid at the, the main point is everybody's active every single round. And beyond that, even though Kyle may bid five of a specific piece and I might bid one of a specific piece, that one may be worth more to Leandra and her as the active player is able to decide I want that one over Kyle's five. And so it, it creates this uh, dynamic that we honestly really haven't, it's not that it hasn't been produced before, but it's not something that we normally see with the way that it interacts. And there's a big piece of, like we mentioned, the social that we appreciate personally as gamers. And then we hope will translate into the target audience that we're trying to hit of being able to really like, it's not super complicated, but it's just different, and it's catchy. Uh, it's, a, it's a good hook of the game. That sounds uh, uh, really cool. And so so there were mechanics of the game that you liked. The theme was kind of was something we weren't really interested in. So 
how, who came up with the idea to, to go down this path of the, the ether magic, the, the, the magis or whatever? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, um, from episode 50, we all heard just how much changing the theme was so easy for y'all to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was definitely a collaborative thing because, I mean, as much as we liked For Goods and Honor, um, one of the things that came up for sure in playing it was just um, how it was, you know, similar to Catan. The, and, the resources specifically were yeah, very so, Catan-esque. For our first game, um, the theme that it had was, you know, we were a little leery of how marketable it would be um, and if we would get flack for, you know, it being similar to Catan. So um, we loved the game and the mechanics and how it played. So we were like, oh, it'll just be so easy. Like, we would love to just slap a, you know, a, a fantasy theme on it. It'll be so easy. Lies. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. You smell like beef and cheese. Yeah. Um, I, I really love how much Colby and the Plaid Hat team stick to theme first, mechanics second. Um, that I feel like will forever be ingrained in my head now of like, I don't care how the game plays. Like, like let's focus on the kind of theme that we want. And if it's like really great thematically, then the mechanics will follow um, because, you know, as much as we loved the mechanic of the auctioning and the social interaction that came from it, um, it was not easy to just retheme it. Yeah. I think um, to, to kind of clarify what you're saying, we don't have intentions moving forward of retheming games again. Um, we, we want to pick stuff that fits within the heavy mitten wheelhouse and then move from there. That being said, everything, every development that the game has gone through, was difficult but we don't regret anything and i've already we've spoke with matt too like is similar we were able to keep every essence of what matt wanted in his game um and then create something that was definitely new but i think worth it at the same time okay, very interesting well i was reading on y'all's website and i'm going to read from it here and I'm this is where the questions will come from. Your goal is simple. Achieve the most talent points by summoning raw elements from the ether realm, trading rune coins and magic tokens from the other magi players, and transforming your elements into wondrous feats of magic. So those three lines to me sum up the game as it should, but tell us what is the mechanic for each of those three parts. I'm assuming pulling the elements from the bag is summing them from the, the raw elements. Is that correct? Yeah, the I'll I'll go ahead and jump in on this because I, I f have focused mostly on the development with Matt and with our playtesters and things. Um, basically, I get brutally honest. I kind of I know the naming the mechanics is necessary, but it's something that I kind of don't care. Like I care about the overall flow and how it really meshes as a as a game in general. What happens on a turn to turn? Your basic phases is you will pull ether from the bag, which is the portal. You'll pull two, and on that turn, you decide to keep one because each one will allow you to produce a different type of magic element. And from there, Marnie, taking what pictures. is happening? What is this? <laughs> I'm trying to explain something, and you're taking pictures. Why are you taking pictures of this? Blast you, Google Hangouts. Uh, so, anyways, 
as I was saying, um, oh my god! Did, did you not? Did you not see it? It said smile. Yeah, I didn't no. know. I'm like, I read it and then it, it didn't. And smile. Read, it didn't register. Oh, it's yeah, a great photo. Way to go! It'll be beautiful for the website, I'm sure. Oh my gosh! Um, side oh, of my forehead. Um, so, anyways. As I was saying, <laughs> you have two ether. The ether produces different types of magic elements. There's three different kinds of ether that will generate three different kinds of magic elements. You keep one, and the other one goes up for auction. So the next phase is the auction like we described. Everybody uh, kind of, if you've played Scoville or games like that, you'll do a blind bid in. Everybody puts in their kind of a blind fist in. You all reveal at the same time different things that you can bid which could be possibly your rune coins which is what the game starts with and then as the game progresses you have more things that you begin to acquire and that you can uh, put out there for bid and so it gets really interesting the combinations that you can get and that's probably one of the best parts of the entire game you decide what you want to accept active player goes okay i want kyle's and takes it Um, and then from there on the, the last phases you generate or you in this case transform and then the last part is you uh cast your spells based on the magic elements that you have so i mean that's the essence of what you're doing that that's cool that that mechanic sounds really cool i'm, I'm really interested also in the art the art's really slick where did you find the artist for this uh where everybody else does <laughs> <laughs> mrs jackie davis i don't know lee you want to talk about that you're an art lover yeah art was huge huge deal for me personally um on many many shows i've mentioned how important art is for me and that it's like the main thing that will draw me to a game you know looking at my fligs uh my friendly local game store if i see you know beautiful art i stop and look and pick it up and want to know about it so it was a huge, huge, important factor for me. And in choosing an artist, we originally had our eyes kind of set on um, one person and who we all, all three of us really loved his stuff. And we can plug him. It's Brett oh, Bean. Brett Bean. We really sure. like Brett Bean's work. We had yeah. him on the podcast. He's a great guy. Yeah, if you all... haven't seen his stuff, check it out. So um, just, and you know, based on the theme that we had, we really just saw like even the stuff that he would post to Twitter or Instagram, you know, we were like, Oh my gosh, we could see that being in the game. And so we definitely had our hearts set on him for a while. And then there was just conflict. Like um, schedule wise and stuff. Yeah. Schedule wise. He had a baby, stupid <laughs> baby interrupted stuff. So <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. His baby's adorable. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, it didn't work out with him. Um, and so from there, we definitely still wanted to keep as high of a standard kind of with him as we could go. And we we all love Jackie's stuff. And so she was a definitely a top runner from the get-go. There were several artists that there actually were. had really good... Um, potential and then but we ended up when it came down to us we decided on Jackie yeah so um, yeah we decided on Jackie Davis who's done Ball of the Ball Euphoria Skyway um, Robbery Robbery yeah um, so several games she's helped out on she's definitely made a name for herself in the board game um, art world which is great and um, we loved her stuff so we went with her so back to the auction phase, which is the key. It sounds like the key element, one of the fun. I'm sorry, you artists. I'm I'm sitting here, artists. Yeah, whatever. It's going to be beautiful. Got it. I understand. Okay. <laughs> man, get in touch with your artsy side, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's going to uh, listen. You know, if it's, it's going to be beautiful art, I trust you on that. Y'all look like you said in many many podcasts. It's just you uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> 
but let's go back to the game mechanics where it matters. The art you can just look at. Well, you can't can't play art. What can you do with art? You can just look Dixit. at it. You can play with Dixit. It's art. Okay. Absolutely. Thank Ooh. you. Thank you, Marty, for the win. Mysterium. You want me to keep going? Okay. Oh, okay. please keep going. <laughs> please. On the RO scale, Dixit, it's a game. And, on the, and Mysterium, it's a game you buy. So anyway, um, <laughs> player player interaction on that side. Heckling people. This has me intrigued. <laughs> How do you, what, what are you doing? Are you heckling them as in, you, know, you don't want to take his stuff, you want to take mine, or in that kind of action? Or can you just heckle throughout the entire game, which is, would be an awesome feat? Oh, exactly. You can heckle as much as you want. Um, I play tested the game um, at Grand Con and Gen Con, and there's a game that stands out in my mind of Gen Con where it was a full game of six people, um, you know, and they were friends, so they were obviously comfortable with one another, and they were shouting so loud and yelling at one another and insulting each other, and it's really great to see that kind of thing. Um, just going through what we've done with all the playtesting and being really unsure of ourselves. And it's definitely gotten to a point where we've playtested it so much that we've uh, developed a bit of numbness to kind of what people are perceiving the game as because we've played it so much ourselves. I wouldn't even say numbness. Like, it's almost a clarity. Like, there's certain things you learn to let go and certain things you learn to pay attention to. Yeah, to me it's a numbness. <laughs> to Jeff it might yeah, be. Yeah, no, it's what I said. <laughs> to Jeff it's so a Jeff, clarity. Would you like but... to clarify that again for us? <laughs> no, but but to be able to see that, um, you know, it really made me happy. So you know, I'd certainly encourage um, everyone to you know be as vocal as possible and to give each other a hard time and and to lie and you know try to try to make alliances encouraged. with other people. I mean. That, you know, it's not really specifically stated in the rule book, but it's something that you can do and, you know... It plays better when you do it. It's one of those house rules that I feel like people will just pick up on and do anyway. We've seen some really interesting, like, metagame stuff come out of it, and it's one of those things you don't want to... Like pers- you don't want to sway it in a different, a certain direction. And you just kind of watch it naturally roll out, and when it does, it's like that's when it's at its peak, when it's functioning at its full potential. Yeah, so so that's encouraged for sure. So there's the whole social aspect of the game, um, and I think people may start thinking, you know, social that sort of thing, where it's almost like a sheriff of Nottinghamish type thing. But there's some strategy behind the game too, isn't there? I really like sheriff. But it's not like Sheriff at all um, in that sense. The only the only aspect when we say our table talk is like as the active player, you may say, I'm looking for this specific item. Please give me this and you're going to have a much better chance of getting my bet. And on the flip side, the other people might go, hey, look, I delivered on what you want. Or, hey, if you help me out this time, I'll pay attention to you next time. And so there's that element. But what it comes down to is you're basically getting the things that you need in order to cast the spells that you need to, which is the bottom line, the the points, where uh, Sheriff's a little different in the sense of, like, I feel like more of the... I love the game. I'm not knocking the game at all. Um, but it definitely revolves more around if you're a good liar. Like, that's almost the primary thing. With ours, it's more of... Table talk will definitely enhance the game, but what it comes down to is that you're getting what you need to in order to do what you need to, if that makes sense. So how do you balance out, and this often happens, by the way, I will say on the six-player, 
that's a was it always a six player? And this isn't one of my questions, Marty. This is a lead in in my question. So six yes. player, was it always six player? It was yes. excellent. Love these six player games that are coming out. It seems like more and more people as they get into this game you need a six player game. So excellent choice there, guys. Thank you. And and gals. Um, <laughs> so so back to oh crap now I forgot the question Marty ah uh, see that's what happens at old age dude oh man that killed me there all right you you go ahead while I think of that question well I didn't have one ready to go yet <laughs> dude you killed now me what are we so, gonna do all right so I'm back to it so just like in Settlers of Canton I want I want some I want a sheep for some wood all right so how do you keep people from when they're talking about this trading element. You know, as you move through the trading phase, people will stop trading with you. What's the balance there? How can you keep that going in this game? That, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. I, I think that they're just the way in which the game plays, you kind of need to trade in order to get exactly what you need to cast the spells. Um, so that isn't really something we've seen where someone just stops trading. Uh, it's kind of a necessary yeah. mechanic uh, in order to kind of balance out, um, you know, what you were getting on your own turn against, you know, uh, you know, combining and making alliances with others to to get the spells um, casted that you need to. So yeah. that, that isn't something too much that that I see. It's a, it's a happy balance because the game the game is accessible. It's I would we we continuously categorize as a really strong medium weight game. And it fits well with that type of player. And we've literally played like hundreds of times at minimum with all of the it's it's insane. The like looking back at how many flipping times we've played this game. And I have not seen a single case of like true king making. because um, that's definitely a concern of yeah. more uh, hardcore gamers. Um, it just doesn't play out. And I think the reason is there's a nice if you're looking for a super strategic game, this isn't it. But if you're looking for something that's really light and wishy-washy, this isn't it either. Because what it comes down to is like there's there's basically three types of ether and three types of magical elements. And then the wild card being the runes. And so there's enough neutrality between the components that it is okay. Like king making doesn't really happen but on the flip side there's still enough decision making that it's interesting for people that care about the strategy um i hope i'm saying that in a way that's clear enough i well, didn't get it go ahead, lee. <laughs> lee doesn't <laughs> lee doesn't look at it and at least our uh common denominator she is the she's our wild card of like she doesn't think of the game in terms of that strategy. She just plays it and is like, I like it or I don't like it. And so she's a really nice balance to the uh, Kyle and I because we're like the opposite. So, Lee, do you like it or don't like it? I do. I really do like it. Um, well, so there we go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, and especially when once we got the art, like I said, that was like it didn't become real to me. And until um, Jackie submitted and we first saw like the box cover and some of the card art and I was like oh my gosh I want to play the game again like I was super excited for it so well, even right now like right before we po started podcasting with you guys we are getting our cards uh, for the, the Kickstarter we're wrapping up uh, graphic design for the our Kickstarter page and got a bunch of those back and they're, ooh, it's looking pretty I'm excited yeah it's great um, 
I thought we touched this a little on our, our 50th episode, but you had mentioned the gameplay matters the most because you can't play art, uh, and that is absolutely true. Um, but I feel like we're at a point in the industry where a lot of people are producing some really great games. I mean, we have hundreds of games coming out a year, um, and then with Kickstarter becoming more popular, a lot of people are, are launching some really unique things on Kickstarter. So having a great game mechanically is something that's become less of a good thing and more of an expectation um, due to the the saturation of the market and the competitiveness of how great these games are. So I really feel like, um, you know, once you recognize that mechanically sound game is kind of an expectation at this point, um, the other aspects of the game start to get more value, such as um, the quality of the pieces. Um, you see that with Splendor. Um, you know, it's a fun game, but it also has these really cool pieces that, that people always respond to and talk about. Or, you know, um, with the, the amazing art that Jackie Davis was able to do. I, you know, there's some certain, like, presentation things that obviously it's not the key thing, but at the same point, like a really strong argument could be made that it is because of the expectation that your game is good. Um, and then the weight starts to fall on some of those other external things like the, the artwork and the uh, quality of the pieces themselves. Yeah, I like the way you worded it when that came up originally. Kyle said it was a necessity. And I think that's something that we take for granted at times. It's like if you're producing a good games it's a necessity that it works and that it's it plays well and those types of things and now that you have this common denominator like if you if you're not functioning at that level you you just can't anymore with the amount of games that are coming out like you said um and so now these other factors do come into play is how is your game going to stand out because it's a given that it better play well or you need to go somewhere else and beyond that what are you doing in order to continue to differentiate within this space to make your product stand out and so i really like the way that you put it on the, when we talked about it wasn't it tom wasn't tom just talking about that when we were <laughs> listening to the 2014 in review um, I thought he was saying something like that about like when you say Tom, you mean Tom Bassel. Tom Bassel, yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, the the Dice Tower show that you know the 2014 year in review that we were a part of. I think you guys were too. Um, I didn't listen to all two hours of it. I was trying to skim through and listen to parts of it. I just don't have two hours to sit and listen to it. Sorry, guys. Uh, though I love it, but <laughs> I have to yeah, make no, food. No skin off our nose. Yeah. Know. Yeah, I have to take care of a two-year-old instead of, you know, do that. But, no, I'm pretty sure I remember a part of it where he was talking about, you know, there's so many great games that come out each year that, like, they have to be good mechanically. Like, that's just a given, but it is the the other parts that make it, you know, um, stand out now. It, it's like it's got to be a good game mechanically, but everything else is what brings it to, you know, gets I, it to I the I would table. argue even to take it a step further, it's like it's almost getting to a point where amazing components are becoming a necessity and you have to continuously push the envelope like what ways and what unique facets are you going to be able to stand out mm, as a publisher i don't know about that but i would definitely no, say I mechanically would, but I don't, it, for sure mechanically i think mechanically is a given but i would argue that the next phase is going to be these amazing components and and then it'll continue to push from there yeah well gone are the days where you can um just throwing little wooden cubes and everybody's okay with it now. 
not everybody's expecting those wooden cubes to be a certain shape that's you know means something in the game sort of thing yeah. that's what all these it seems like all these kickstars are hey if we make this stretch goal we go from cubes to whatever it's supposed to be a boat a person etc so yeah no i sure. totally get that you're right we expect the game to play well and now we're looking above that and go yeah but how does it look and how does it feel in my hand that's sort of yeah thing. yeah that's important so, well, you mentioned the uh, the Kickstarter. So, so where are we? Is that coming up soon? The tenth. Yeah, the the tenth of February uh, is the date that we're going for. Uh, we haven't promoted it very heavily because there's a part of us that's just afraid that something's going to come up that would push that date back. But you know, I, I think we're at a point right now where we're pretty comfortable saying the tenth. So if not, it'll be sometime next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're looking you know, at next week. I mean, so quite honestly, I mean, to be fully transparent, we're just we're filtering in the rest of our graphic design um, to make sure that that part is ready for the Kickstarter. Uh, but our video is the done. Vi- the video is done. We just got the video tonight. Um, it's we're currently recording on the fifth. Uh, we just got the video tonight and watched it together, and we're very happy with it. Um, where I'm in the process today, I'm like partway through working on our gameplay video, like the how to play. Um, and so all of the back, and then especially the back end business stuff, that's all squared away. Like we're waiting on a couple specific things from the manufacturer. And I know Kyle's wrapping up some shipping and that kind of thing. But I mean, business strategic wise, we're golden. It's sort of some of these other little de- more of the presentation details uh, to make sure that it resonates with the audience. We're, making sure are lined up. But as of right now, we're looking at February 10. Kyle, I know hearing from some of our other friends like Robert Burke over Robert Burke Games, and all, he tells us, you know, shipping is the bear. How's that been for you? Um, it's been pretty stressful. Um, you know, what we've done is um, similar to what Jamie Stegmeier has done where we wanted to set up uh, worldwide shipping. Um, so we're actually shipping to, I think, five different locations across the world uh, in order to achieve the best possible price um, we can for, for each country. When you say location, do you mean like sending to distribution? Mm-hmm. Can you clarify that? Yeah, we're, we're sending our product from the manufacturer to the fulfillment warehouse um, in five different locations throughout the world. Um, And we're doing that for the reason of if you ship everything to the United States, it's certainly the easiest to do. Um, But then it kind of you're giving the other countries a raw deal because you then have to ship to them from the United States after they already shipped from Canada. And then you start you have to pass those costs on to the consumer. When you say Canada, do you mean China? Oh, yes. Uh, China. <laughs> the game's manufactured in China. Um, it's about the same thing. Yeah. Practically. So, <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, Panda Games that's in China and Canada. Um, no, so, but, to, but to your point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it, it becomes a kind of a coordination problem. Of You kind of have to deal with a lot of different people and different companies with different fees and different currencies. <laughs> So it's a pain in the butt, but, you know, we're hoping that it's worth it because it'll allow us to give our customers the best price possible uh, relative to the shipping we would have to pay in that region. And also, with it being our first game, hopefully it'll create an opportunity where we start growing in those different regions where, you know, other people who didn't bother going through that hardship of, of getting that set up 
um, you know, might not have established themselves in those regions. So maybe we won't see the benefit with Ether Magic in particular. But if Ether Magic is successful and we're able to continue on with this Happy Mitten uh, ordeal, um, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, build a small following of people in those areas that other companies don't have. Um, so, you know, plus it's a way for us to not only just tell our people on the Kickstarter, hey, we need you, you're really important, we value you. I mean, we can repeat that until we're blue in the face, but that doesn't mean anything. A way for us to actually show that is to put our time and our work and effort into something like the shipment, where we're actually demonstrating through our actions uh, that we care about the people that are backing us and that we're trying to figure this out the best we can uh, with what we have. So that was a yeah. very important aspect for us to figure out. Kyle um, is like the mama bear and shipping is the baby cub that he is nursing. Um, that it is... <laughs> That's an odd mental picture that I, I, I try to get out of my head. At this Hang point. on, because no, <laughs> we had the bear face earlier, and um, because Tony just said shipping is like a bear, and I, so I pictured, yeah, I, I pictured right. shipping being like a tiny cub, and and Kyle being like, I'm your mama. <laughs> nursing and, the tiny cub. Yeah, it was. And eventually, suffling. that cub will become a ferocious grizzly bear that. Brings yeah. beautiful games it's to like a, everyone. It's like a magic harp that you level up because it turns into a gyrodos. I don't know what Kyle's <laughs> saying right now. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what Kyle's talking about, but Kyle is the mama I do. bear. I do. <laughs> and, Both of them do, and you have no idea what's happening. <laughs> and the cub was suckling at Kyle's <laughs> mama you teeth. You want to keep digging this hole, or can I? Um. <laughs> is really trying to throw him under the bus. <laughs> right now, she is beating the snot out of Kyle. That's what I do when I, like, yeah, I hit people. Um, She's a hitter. So, like, if somebody's funny, I have to hit you. Um, so, that's a tidbit about me, personally. But, <laughs> go on. So let me, whoa, 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 whoa. So, let me get this correct. So, a reward for making you feel good with laughter is to get beat up. yeah. Pretty yeah, much. that's because like, no, like for me, it's like, a, oh, my gosh, you're so funny. I hate you. Shut up. And I have to like hit you, you know, <laughs> you're funny. I hate you. Yes. So, it yeah, just like so. overwhelms me emotionally. And so I have to like that has to come out physically in some way. And that way it's like, you know, like that. So, so Jeff, how did you find this winner? <laughs> 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 well, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. It's, it's like, you don't make her laugh. It's like, you never make me laugh. Well, I don't want to get beat up. <laughs> I, I, I've just got a, a tough skin, literally and emotionally. <laughs> so a couple other things on the, on the Kickstarter. What is the cost going to be to get a copy of the game and... If it's not if it funds, when it funds, when will they be shipped out? Oh, thanks, guys. Well, we're going to uh, have the game on Kickstarter for forty dollars. Uh, the game's going to MSRP at forty-five dollars. Um, so those that are the early backers and the ones that are responsible for you know letting Ether Magic happen uh, will get that discount. 
Um, and then in terms of when it gets shipped out, uh, I can tell you right now, as soon as it funds, I'm going to be shooting emails over to our manufacturer, getting uh, proofs of the acrylic tokens in the game, um, and then get them working on the uh, three different copies that they send us. It's like a, a white copy, a blue copy, and a color copy. Um, you know, So that's going to happen as soon as it funds. So as early as possible, um, the better. I, I'm thinking if, if nothing unexpected comes up, um, a little bit before the holiday season is possible. Yeah, there's um, a lot of now. Now that said, a lot of it's kind of out of our control, so we'll do the best that we can. Uh, but based on the time frames that are are estimated, you know, for us, um, it's looking like uh, before the holiday season. Yeah, I I could I would hope pretty confidently that it'd be before the holiday season because that would put us near the nine month marker, and I know that's sort of the like furthest of the general window that people want to expect, especially the people that are used to the industry. And if you can crank it out faster than that, it's good. Um, to go even beyond the MSRP and like what we're going to be selling it for. Uh, like Kyle mentioned, I really like how he talked about letting our actions speak louder than our words in terms of appreciating our community. We're, we already have some things planned, um, and I don't mind putting it out here. Uh, one of the things being if we haven't set like the actual the hard line deadline, but if you're within say our first week or two within backing, um, our cards for the spells just have generic names now. We would love it for to open that up to the community of like help us name our spells, and there's several um, throughout the game that are being used that it would be great to say whatever, even if you guys were an early backer, because we all know how important it is to get that acceleration on the front end of your campaign. Um, and instead of, you see it sometimes of making it a pledge level. Like if you want to name a card or be part of a card, you can pay us this exorbitant amount of money and, and do this. But instead just back us to begin with, show that you care and, and we're going to do our best to take care of you because on one hand, we're a company and we're producing a product and we care about that stuff. But at the same time, uh, we know who is going to make it possible. And it's, it's the listeners and it's you guys and it's the gamers that are going to show whether they care or not. And we're going to do our best to take care of them. Um, in that way and and it's and it's tough at times like Kyle and I have talked about a lot it's like you put in so much time on the back end that nobody sees and you just hope it translates on the front end like you just hope that you can see like we've put in this effort and it's not for us it's for you like we have a product that we believe in personally and we're going to do everything that we can to make it awesome and a just more than just a game but an experience um, for you to take part of our company um, because this is a journey not just for us but for everybody so mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's that's very interesting about the the spells from that standpoint. Because I, you know, you always hear. Because if you talk to Kirkman, you know how he feels about early birds. But um, it'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, the first 25 backers, uh, everybody's paying the same price. But the first 25 backers get to names 20. You know, one part you get to send us a name for a spell or something. That's kind of unique. I haven't really seen that anywhere. Have you, Marty? Everybody does that. No, I'm just kidding. No, they don't. You don't know what you talk about. No, I've seen stretch goal or or one if yeah, you stretch goal. If, you, if if no not stretch goal, it's one where if you're a higher fun level, maybe you get to name something. But no, right. I think this this is a really cool idea where anybody who jumps in early to be able to jump in and help name that that's cool. That gives ownership to the game, which makes it even cooler. It's like because if they get the game, it's like, hey, I was the person that named this one particular spell. Yeah, exactly. Right. We we're looking for ways to be inclusive, implosive instead of uh, exclusive. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, oh, look, the early bird special came on, and I just happened to be on a uh, in a two-hour meeting to where I couldn't even look at that Kickstarter at that time, and I lost out on the early bird. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. forget that, you know. So I, I don't know if you've got any stretch goals figured out, but we'll wait for those to come out. You don't need yeah. to name them here. Yeah, we do. We do. But I mean, it's coming up soon enough that you guys will find out. <laughs> once we launch. You, you got my attention on, on acrylic. That's kind of like, ooh. Good. Oh, gosh. That was we're so excited about that, Kyle. Yeah. I don't know if you want to mention that. I think it's definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, there was a lot of debate between having uh, the magical elements be acrylic or punch board. And uh, for a long time, it was. It was going to be punch board, but then if we hit a certain level, it would turn into acrylic. Um, but we got everything requoted out, um, and after s- some other changes that we made to the game, uh, and it was uh, good enough where we felt comfortable making acrylic tokens just be the base level of the game. Uh, so that was a bit of an extra stretch for us. Uh, we didn't. We weren't a hundred percent sure if it was going to be there financially for us to do, um, out of fear that if the campaign just barely funded, we would put ourselves in, at financial risk for overextending ourselves with our per unit cost. Um, but it's definitely possible with our new quote. Uh, it's still a bit of a risk, but not near what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our real intention of the game is to have acrylic tokens in there because they're so cool and shiny. So uh, <laughs> we hope you guys uh, uh, love those. Um, you know, Yeah, we're excited. They're yeah. cool. It's been fun. Our prototype, we've been purposely functioning uh, thanks to the Game Crafter uh, with the acrylics and, and that type of thing. And so once Kyle was like hey i got this quote and now we can do this it's normal and i'm like yes this is part of the base yeah, thing so both lee and i nice. were stoked once we found out sweet well we we like shiny bits <laughs> so for the for the last part of this and we'll find out uh, some contact information in a second we are all going to play a game we like to call around here rank them <laughs> how this is going to work we're going to give you three items and you rank those from top to bottom with whatever criteria you want to okay so for example if i just say you know strawberry vanilla and chocolate maybe you rank those by color of ice cream or by flavor of ice cream you rank them however you want and then you tell us why you ranked them that way do you understand the rules of this game absolutely i understand Ready. Okay, so both Tony and I have three apiece. So we'll just uh, take, we'll, we'll tag team each other, and everybody will go around the room. So here we go. My first one, rank them in how, whatever order you want. Earth, wind, fire. And we'll start over here with Jeff. Fire, earth, wind. You have to say why. I do? Yeah, but otherwise it's, a, it's not fun. You. Oh, um, cause fire is amazing. <laughs> And Earth is better than wind, and wind is the worst. <laughs> That's why. Nice reasons. Okay, moving on, please. Nice, Marty. I would say Earth, wind, fire. Or no, no, no. I mean, Earth, fire, wind. Sorry, 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 sorry. Wind obviously sucks, and it's the last. Um, I mean, wind blows. Get it. <laughs> um, because Earth is so beautiful and I want to travel all over it. And fire is caveman, me make fire. 
and wind is just whatever. Yeah. Earth, wind, fire for me, because without earth, wind wouldn't be possible. And then I feel like wind may have existed before fire, but... uh, Fire is seriously last on yours? Yes. We're not friends. Wow. Mm. Wow. So On my side, it's earth, wind, fire. And the reason why fire is last is because it scares me, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So mine is uh, fire, wind, earth, because fire, Charizard. I always start with that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well played. Uh, And by the way, if you would have said Earth, Wind, and Fire as the 70s R&B band, that would have been an acceptable answer to it. Oh, there you go. Well played. I was thinking about it the whole time, but I was trying to be... (laughs) I was thinking of the the Captain Planet. (laughs) I just thought of Avatar. All right. For my first one is Koala, Panda, Wombat. Oh, gosh. Seriously? Okay, uh, panda, wombat, koala. Because mm. I think the panda could probably really wreck the other two. <laughs> and then the wombat, I like koalas the best, honestly. But in terms of, I, I just instantly thought of them all fighting. And I feel like the panda would win. And then the wombat and the koala would be the one that just got jacked up and like left on the curb. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Lee's shaking her head at him right now. It's hilarious. <laughs> You think in terms of who could beat who up out of those three adorable... They're all all basically bears. Is that what you got out of this? Who can beat who up? Three adorable animals. And that's what you do, Joffrey. I can't even believe you. You're so violent. They're bears. That's what they do. I can't even... One swipe of my claw and you won't have a face, my friend. They are not bears. Two of them are bears. Most of them are bears. Enough of them are bears that I consider all of them bears. Oh, my gosh. Okay. A wombat is a marsupial. Exactly. Which is basically a bear. Thank you. (laughs) No, it's not. So a kangaroo is a bear? Pretty much. A possum is a bear. Stop. Okay. Jeffrey, you're small. Lee? Jeff's kicked off the show. Please... Please disconnect uh, Jeff's mic. Fire last. He can I'm no longer speak. I okay. This was this is a tough one for me because I had no connection to wombats until recently. Was it our last podcast? Oh, yeah, the wombat poop. No, yeah. it was the one with Daryl. Oh, okay, Daryl Unpub forty nine two two episodes ago. I think <laughs> when we discovered they poop in cubes. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want to poop in cubes so I can leave a trail. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be really weird. <laughs> We're not hanging out with you when you poop in cubes. <laughs> I'm gonna poop and then shape it into a cube. And oh, then... stop it! <laughs> We've lost control of the show, Tony. And, and Marty, that is exactly that is the exact reason why I asked this question to see if you would remember this whole thing about wombats. Just say it. it. Okay. What do you got? But so back to my original answer is koalas have always been first in my life because of because I want to hug them. They give hugs. I can't. I'm so mad still that you're thinking about fighting them when they a koala hug. Like they would just hang on to you and love you forever. And then pandas. I love Takanako. That's like probably definitely in my top five games. And the tiny little panda guy is adorable and they eat bamboo and they just are so cute so mine has to go koala panda wombat but that was a tough one yeah i'll go uh koala because of the delicious cookies um panda because of kung fu panda 
Um, and then uh, wombat because I, I just like bears more than marsupials. But they're basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, panda because I can only picture that uh, YouTube video of the panda doing like the uh, the karate thing with the bamboo stick is very popular. I think that's really cool. And then the koala because I like the huggy thing. And same way, I just think bears are cooler than marsupials, so wombats last. Yeah. All right. For me, it's panda, wombat, koala, only because <laughs> pandas are just too freaking cute. Yeah. Wombat, after listening to episode 49 of Happy Moon. <laughs> podcast and i went out and i mean the whole purpose of the square poop is they can leave a trail so it doesn't fall off of rocks that was hilarious i love that that's and, cool and koala yeah they're overrated <laughs> all right here's my second <clears throat> lions tigers flyers define flyers like, like pterodactyl the like the hockey team <laughs> oh the hockey team Oh, oh, I'm still thinking of animals. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. That's the wrong one. Let me try this again. Lions, <laughs> tigers, red wings. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Now it sense. Philadelphia, like... wrong town. Uh, yeah, I got to show props. So I'm going to go red wings because they're our state. And then um, they're all our state. Jeffrey. Huh? Detroit Lions. Lions. Who's the Detroit tiger? Tigers? Oh, Detroit Red Wings. He said hockey, and I'm thinking hockey team. Jeffrey, I don't do sports. Come on, I'm not a sports come, guy. Please, uh, uh, like I said, unplug <laughs> Jeff's mic. I'm gonna do the Red Wings. Cancel Jeff's mic. He's a, done. Red Wings, and I'm not even gonna recognize the two other teams. Leandra, <laughs> Lee, go. I okay. I can barely go on at this point with my husband <laughs> acting the way he is. I have to say Red Wings. Weird. We have the same first one. Jeffrey, stop. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers. Uh, baseball has been my not my favorite sport. But um, Red Wings, I used to have the hugest crush on Ri- on Wayne Gretzky for like years and years and years. So, but he wasn't. He never played for the Red Wings. Jeffrey, what is your problem? You're harassing you me, and your stuff's not even accurate. Wayne Gretzky, do you understand yeah. what's happening? Well, anyway, um, I can't even right now. I can't even. I would be Tigers, Red Wings, Lions because Tigers is the only one that I've actually seen pro because my my work has a suite at, at the Comerica Park, so we go Ooh. sometimes. Ooh. Um, and then Red Wings because I, I like hockey um, and because the Lions are so bad. Um, and then Lions are last because they're just really bad. I've given up on them. Yeah, forever. <laughs> oh, no. For me, Tigers, uh, Lions, and then Red Wings. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's exactly mine. Tires, uh, Tigers, Lions, uh, Red I'm not a big hockey fan, and Tigers calls Ty Cobb, Georgia Peach, South. There you go. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> All right. Maybe well, this will make you like Jeffrey again. All right. <laughs> Teleportation, hoverboard, driverless cars. Oh, Driverless cars is absolutely dead last. Hoverboards, teleportation, driver's list, driverless cars. I don't even want driverless cars an option. I just want hoverboards, and then I suppose teleportation could happen. Uh, definitely teleportation first, then hoverboards, then driverless cars. 
Yeah, I'm going to go teleportation, driverless cars, then hoverboards. What? Yes. Kyle. They have hoverboards right now, and I wasn't that impressed. No, that was fake. That was a no, fake It fake was thing. not, Lee. They, they figured it out, um, and it's just not that impressive right now. So, <laughs> If you're talking about the Tony Hawk video where they actually got the guy from... That wasn't fake. They actually have legitimately oh, really crappy gosh. hoverboards you guys, right now. Come on. I, this is starting he serious didn't, He didn't fights. say really crappy hoverboards. He just said hoverboards. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> You'd rather just automatically be somewhere than hoverboard there? Yes. God, teleportation lazy would revolutionize the travel industry. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, for me, definitely teleportation first because I want to get there as fast as I can. Hoverboards and driverless cars. Yes. Marty for the win. <clears throat> Thank you. Teleportation, driverless cars, and hoverboard. So anything where I can oh, just yeah. and tell it I'm all about the experience. Work. You guys are just lazy. <clears throat> and this question came off of one of y'all's shows, too. I can't remember which one does. Y'all were talking about, it may, may have been in 50, where y'all were doing weather, and y'all were talking about inventions or something. I can't remember <laughs> I came up with this one. All right, so for my last one, here we go. <clears throat> Merlin, Dumbledore, or Gandalf? Oh, I don't care. Um, Gandalf, Merlin, and then Dumbledore. Uh, Gandalf, and I don't know who the other two are. <laughs> I think one of them is Harry Potter. Isn't Dumbledore Harry Potter? Yes. Who's Merlin? Sword in the Stone. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. You knew Harry Potter and you didn't know Sword in the Stone? I'm sorry. Cut Mag- Magi, magicians. I was doing this for the game and everything. Come on. Oh Gandalf, Gandalf wins hands down you against failed. any of those. I don't even know Gandalf who the are. gray or Gandalf the white? The white. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, I'd say uh, Dumbledore, Gandalf, and Merlin. You would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I have a, a more intimate relationship with the Potter fantasy than uh, Lord of the Rings, and that's just how it is. <laughs> you, give him some, cut him some slack, Lee. I mean, the boy did grow up during that period. <laughs> yeah, I forget yeah. Kyle's 12. Harry Potter um, was like the same age as me, each book that came out, so I like really connected with him. <laughs> Baby I, I bet you got a picture of him in a Harry Potter costume. For, for oh my kid. gosh. Wait, didn't you seriously go as, as Harry Potter with, with Jeff's sister? I did not know. Didn't you go? She went yeah. as um, what's her face. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I thought you went like you guys went trick or treating until like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marty Gandalf. Um, no, I was never Harry Potter. I was Austin Powers. Perhaps you're thinking of that. No, when Katie was. Oh, I'm um, cutting this off, Marty. No, Marty, what, what's yours? You guys are done. <laughs> okay, my. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, so. <laughs> Gandalf, Merlin, Dumbledore, easily. I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. So. Awesome. Okay. Well played. Lasers. <laughs> All right. So, and for the last one, thank goodness question. <laughs> All right. So, that Kyle, I, th- I think, weren't you Mr. Um, Mixed Martial Arts? Dude? Yeah, yeah. I really like anime. All right. So, here we go. You Ooh, ready? Yeah. Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jet Lee. Ooh. Oh, Bruce Lee. Wait. They're all Lees. What did you say? Say it again. They're not Bruce, all Lees. Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jet Lee. Okay. Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, Jackie Chan. Chuck Norris. 
<laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, that trumps them all. Good play. Well knew, played. Knew, knew. That's why I left him off. He's on the list, but he's marked off. W- was that a- Chuck Norris does not get marked off a list? He's coming for you now. Oh, You're oh, done. You just oh, signed. Oh. The- yeah, I would uh, agree with Jeff. I'd say uh, Bruce Lee, um, Jet Lee, and then Jackie Chan. Um, I would go Bruce Lee because he's the awesomest. Jackie Chan because he makes me laugh, and then Jet Lee. Okay, very good. And um, the, the odd man out, I would go Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, then Jet Li. Okay. Hmm. Just because I enjoy the humor of, of Jackie Chan. Yeah, he's funny. So, and, well, uh, makes sense. Hour. Well, guys, we appreciate you playing our silly butt game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Hopefully it didn't get too out of hand. <laughs> no, but y'all can discuss it later tonight. Yeah, sure, yeah. You've we're gonna, started serious rivals yeah, here. We're gonna, it's going to be a throwdown after say, this. Never before in the history of Rankum have we created family strife. And, uh, you know, so, <clears throat> sorry uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're very opinionated over here at Happy Bitten. <laughs> oh, Speaking fun. of which, where did the name Happy Bitten come from? Um, well, we're from Michigan, so we decided on Mitten, and then we were debating what adjective could go in front of it. We uh, definitely didn't want sad Mitten. That didn't, that didn't flow so well. So, yeah. um, sad puppy. Melancholy was- Mitten. <laughs> right, those were too exotic. We thought, "Woe be gone, Mitten." You know, I think Lee and I flocked toward Happy. Um, yeah, I did not like the name at first at all. <laughs> to be brutally honest, Kyle and Lee were like, "Yeah, that's the stuff," and oh, I was like, "That's great." But it worked out. I don't. It fits well now. It's it, the it, best name. <laughs> yeah, but the graphic for Happy Mitten is awesome. The Mitten, it's got the little smiley face. Oh yeah, the the girl that did our, our Happy Mitten logo is who's doing the graphic design for Ether Magic. Oh yeah, that's a fun just tidbit. Done a incredible job. Heather Gherkin, she's one of my graphic designers. She is amazing, and I work with her on a lot of projects. And so one of the um, we're super stoked. What is it called? R- White Rabbit. What is it called? Hidden what Easter is it? egg. Easter egg. That's <laughs> we're gonna you're gonna tell the Easter egg. Oh, of the mitten. No, don't tell it. <laughs> Why? People can just look at it no. and figure it out. No, no, no. The no, Easter no. egg I'm is. At it now there's an Easter egg in it. Yeah, like in the mitten, if you see, it's got a smiley face, and the the yes. smile oh, on, is pointing to Grand Rapids, which is where we're from. Oh. So, like, where the arrow on the guy's smile ends is pointing to Grand Rapids. Isn't that cool? It's so cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. A lot of thought. I thought there should be a bear in there somewhere. We don't have <laughs> bears, but no marsupials. I'm gonna redesign the web website when i do we can just hide bears in random places <laughs> with square poop well, that's, that's uh, right. be amazing that would be an amazing bear <laughs> so where can we find you guys to, <laughs> to bring this off full circle now yeah the, the easiest place the main hub of everything we do is happymittengames.com and then if you want to be specific um on twitter uh, that is probably where we're most active it's just happy mitten at happy mitten um we're on facebook and youtube and a lot of these other places um and where would they be able to find our kickstarter oh yeah for um the other major links this is just one of those things that we got to say for our podcast happymittengames.com forward slash itunes if you want to get on our mailing list, we definitely treat the people on our mailing list well. HappyMittenGames.com forward slash mail. And if you want to see our Kickstarter, the easiest thing to be able to do would be HappyMittenGames.com forward slash Kickstarter. And it'll take you straight to our page. 
Yeah, well, by the time this comes out, hopefully everything will have worked out. And the Kickstarter is going on right now. So everybody, please go check out their Kickstarter. We will also have links on our website uh, for this episode. To Jeff and Kyle and Lee, thank you so much for coming. It has been uh, so much fun. That has been, has to be one of the most fun episodes of Rankum that we've ever had. Um, it was just <laughs> oh, fun awesome. sitting back and seeing y'all fight. So that that was kind of cool. I mean, now we're gonna have to. Um, I'm going to have to come up next time we have multiple people on and see if I can get them to fight each other. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we yeah, just no set kidding. the standard. Tony, you want to say anything? I'm sorry. I'm taking notes on what I got to make sure is on the blog page. <laughs> oh, please, please. I can send you everything. Don't don't worry. I can send you appropriate links and that type of thing. Also, please edit out where I talk about pooping. Oh, no. She's just joking. She's just joking. I know she's not. Take it out. Take it out. I really no, don't, mean it. Don't take it out. It's hilarious. Oh, my that gosh. Is, that was the whole whole purpose of that rankum was to bring that back because that was it's so over. You said it out loud, man. Oh, no. This isn't our podcast. We, we can't filter that stuff anymore. Way to go, champ. It's <laughs> 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 just out there on the Internet. Well, um, hopefully, hopefully in the coming months after the Kickstarter is successful and all, you guys will come back, tell us how it went. We'd love to hear the horror stories behind it. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we'd I mean, love to be back. People need to know that. I, I, I was talking to one designer, and he basically gave me the rundown of his entire Kickstarter. He says, you know, I made $250 on this. That was it. Oh, no. So, so yeah. you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying y'all are going to do that, but I'm just saying it'd be so interesting to hear. Now here's the end product. Right, here's right. It'd be very interesting. Yeah, no, that we're we're very transparent um, with what we do. We don't have anything to hide, and we're happy to share. So we'd love to be back on. This was really fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what uh, big convention you going to this year? Uh, that's a really great question. Uh, on our, two we got two of them. Yeah, you got two. You got two. And I don't say it like some people just say it for every question. I only say it when it. I mean it. Uh, so you did. You got two. Um, <laughs> Honestly, we don't know at this point. Uh, there's so much, there's so much unknown, both on the Happy Mitten side and on uh, the per- at least specifically, like with Kyle's job, he works a lot, and it's hard for him to take off. And with us, like being self-employed, it's hard to gauge right now how consistent our work is going to be. And so, a lot of things are just pending at this point. Um, if all goes well. We hope to be at every major one. What we've done the past uh, two years is Origins Gen Con and a local convention called Grand Con. And uh, Protospiels. Yeah, Protospiel, and Jeff's yeah. been going to Protospiel, and we even went to, to UConn one time. So we try to go to the smaller conventions. But in terms of the bigger ones, it's uh, Origins and Gen Con. Yeah, we'd love to get to BGG Con, too. I think that's the next one on our list yeah. of making sure we show up. Um, if if it works within the budget and the timing and stuff, um, those three would be to look at. And then Grand Con is a given just because it's our hometown and it's mm-hmm. just basically in our backyard. So And then right. Essen. <laughs> Essen. Essen next year. Nice. Yeah, no Next kidding. year Essen. That's our 50th birthday gift to Marty and I. Oh, nice. <laughs> Congratulations. It's Essen. Um, Here. So, what so is that yeah, in like so, 20 years then, right? You guys got like 20 years for right. that. We got to start saving up now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I plan on being at Origins and Gen Con. So hopefully uh, I can hook up with you guys and we can hang out. 
and I will promise not to make Lee laugh so I don't get punched. <laughs> yeah, I was going to oh, say... just well, expect to get beaten. On That's... a side note, though, um, if you're just looking for a chance to play Ether Magic, Grand Gaming Academy will have our game and will be demoing it at both Origins and Gen Con. So even if we personally okay. are not there, uh, we'll definitely have demos of Ether Magic going. I mean, this will be post-Kickstarter, of course, but it'll still be happening. And we've worked all last year with Grand Gaming Academy. They're fabulous people. It's Mark Spector and his team. Um, and so just give them a quick plug that the game will be there even if we're not. Yeah. Well, no, if I don't get to play with the people who are publishing it, I don't play it. I'm kind of an elitist. <laughs> <laughs> so. and by, awesome. the, by the way, if your game doesn't have a very good insert, our sponsor, The Broken Token, can make you a good one. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. <laughs> just staying <I>, here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll be definitely following your Kickstarter. And like you said, once it's all said and done and everything goes okay, which I know it will, we'll definitely want to have you back later on just to see how much of a headache it was. Yeah, cool. Well, Sounds thanks good. so much. That'd Appreciate be great. It. Thank yeah, you. Okay, that was a lot of fun. They are a hoot. Oh, yeah, they are. I mean, to come on there and to be as energetic as they were and not just trying to push, 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 but that that was a lot of fun. This is one of those things, everybody, I wish you could have seen. We were uh, doing this via uh, Google Hangout. It was so funny. Lee just kept beating up on people, kept beating up on Kyle over there. It was hilarious. And I like how he became our, um, what is it, the transfer, because she, she made the statement, you know, I have to hit people when I'm laughing. So if we made her laugh, she beat up on Kyle. That was awesome. So we tried to make her laugh just as much as we could. Well, guys, I do hope that by listening to this, you got a feel for what their Kickstarter is about. If you got some interest, definitely go check out the page. It sounds like they will respond to any messages you have or any questions. So don't forget to do that. I don't know anything other than what I heard tonight from the video and what I've read. And I'm, I'm interested in it, Marty. I don't know about you. No, I know I am because a whole social aspect of the game, we know, which is the the sheriff of Nottingham, the um, uh, you know, the, the bluffing game where, where there's a lot of social interaction, but there's a strategic element. So I'm I'm really I'm really interested to see how this plays. Yeah, me too. And I like the fact that my my big thing was the kingmaker. This you know, the, I'm not want to trade with you. How they got rid of that that's all going to happen. But like everybody else. I'll be watching the videos. I'm sure Lance has an Undead Viking um, video probably on it. Uh, who knows? He, we may see one. We'll watch their videos and just judge from that. I mean, $40 is not a bad price point. Uh, no, it's not. It is a little bit cheaper than the MSRP, but it sounds like they're putting a lot of good quality components in there, like the acrylic uh, pieces instead of the, the punch board, which is going to be really nice. So the Kickstarter is out now. Uh, like I said, we have do have a link in our blogs. So go check that out and see what you think. All right. Now, what other news do we have, Marty? Oh, well, so there's another one that just was released today, too. So um, Cryptozoic is going to be releasing a Ghostbusters game. Uh, the, the goal is, is you're going to play as, uh, as either Vinkman, Ray, Egon, or Winston. And your whole goal is to go around the city and try to utilize traps to vanquish ghosts and, uh, you know, ghosts like Slimer and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And it's a co-op game and there's, this thing has like 40 figures in it and there's like 10 double-sided map tiles and there's like these in-game scenarios. And, and so 
the the idea is that you can actually play through scenarios and you can level up your guys to maximize your ghost busting skills and it plays with like two to four players it sounds kind of interesting so i think the pre-order has uh, started now so if you're having interest in that go out to cryptozoic and uh, check it out did you go out and look at it i did i forgot that i had started i was just kind of curious anytime you put figures with something you know that price starts to escalate right yeah that's a good point and i do not know at this point that the recording what the pre-order value is or, or the cost is, but forty figures does make you think mm, it's probably going to be kind of expensive. Yeah, definitely going to research this one out before us saying you know do I am I interested in playing it, buying it, whatever. But you know me, love my co-op games like you, and um, hopefully we'll get to you know and you talk about XCOM from that standpoint. Also, another big announcement: Stronghold announced the re-release of the game stronghold did i get that right marty <laughs> yes so portal uh ignacy chevichek who made stronghold and is within with portal is remaking stronghold second edition that is going to be published in the u.s by stronghold games okay you and i got to play the first edition and i really enjoyed that game i did too i thought that was a lot of fun the only drawback was it was just like really long. It was just a, a long gameplay experience. That's why I was excited when Ignacy said that he was going to be able to shorten the gameplay and uh, make it so it's a little bit more streamlined. It's like, I, I, I'm all in. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, streamline that. Just the whole concept of sieging the castle and trying to vanquish the Marauders 2v2. That that game was really neat, and I, I like that. Like you, if Ignacy's behind it, you know, being able to streamline it, I, I can't wait to see that. But I will say one thing, though, Marty. What's that? All right. So if if he puts in there, he needs to make sure he has in there, Ignacy, if you're listening, have a card in there that says, Something like siege weapons are being built. Enjoy the ramparts of your stronghold. <laughs> or better yet. Siege weapons are like uh, in for maintenance. Yes, there you go. Or, or, or for the, the attackers, you know, oil delivery delayed. It's okay to be near the castle today, you know? <laughs> Or maybe maybe it's just like uh, there's like a one-day truce and there's like a picnic out in front of the castle. There, see that—that's a brilliant, Marty. I agree with you there. Enjoy, enjoy the beach at the moat. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Well, that's that's a lot of big news. Really excited about that stronghold. Now it's going to be out near what near the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be released at Essen, which means it will be available there at uh, BGGCon if we get the chance to go again. Ignacy's already said, I'll teach you guys how to play it. And it's like, do you really want to do that after the experience you had with us, Imperial Settlers? But he said he would. Well, and what will be interesting is, you know, Stronghold will do their pre-order thing, probably. Get the 35% off. And all. Yep. I mean, that's an excellent deal right there. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and keep my eye on that. So, well, Marty, I'm. I'm worn out. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, they uh, a lot of energy was in the room. Those those chaps were a lot younger than we are, and they they've uh, you know youth was wasted on the young. Mm-hmm. And, it definitely and so, is. And so while they're having a great time over there, it's time for us to go to bed. That's exactly right. So guys, thanks for listening once again. Hope you enjoyed the show. By all means, head over to the guild, leave us some comments. Um, get in there, get a little rank them going, see what you think about the wombats and koalas and square poop and yeah that's yeah i did that on purpose and gandalf or dumbledore what can we say so other than that guys keep rolling dice and taking names
Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our guild on BGG. Like us on Facebook. Thanks, y'all. Hey, Marty, do you think this show was at all educational for our audience? Yes, because they'll turn this off and probably go read books instead. <laughs> <laughs>